Chicago Lighthouse Media presents The Unseen Show Hosted by Sandy Morillo, Brett Shishkoff, and Michael Collin If you guys caught this, but they had Mark Zuckerberg in testifying in front of Congress I was wondering, Sandy, have you had anybody like discriminate against you or say anything vulgar towards you? With bullying an issue that either of you had to deal with growing up? Welcome back, everyone, to the second episode of The Unseen Show. I am Sandy Murillo, and I am glad to join you once again. And I am Brett Shishkoff, and uh, I'm excited to see what we are able to come up with this week for you guys. This is Mike Colang here. Uh, welcome back to another week of the show. Uh, so an interesting thing happened last week. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught this, but they had Mark Zuckerberg in testifying in front of Congress on uh, Facebook's whole issue with the election hacking and all the other jazz, the security hack that mm-hmm. uh, yeah. unveiled a lot of people's private information. Uh, definitely an interesting thing to uh to have happened to, I don't know if you guys caught any of it. It, it seemed a little ridiculous. It's, it seemed very much so like the people in Congress didn't really have a firm grasp on how the internet works. But yeah, it's interesting just because I think a lot of us don't really think twice about putting this personal information up on our social media, and so uh, apparently it's been used. Uh, I forget what is it, eighty-five million people or something like that got had their information taken and. Uh, used for marketing purposes and during the election uh, they kind of geared specific uh, news articles and their advertising towards specific people uh, and then that would just get shared over and over and over again and so they do feel like it was manipulating uh, some of the outcome to the election uh, that we had uh, for 2016 for President uh, Trump winning. Um, So I don't know. I think it's it's definitely makes you think uh, twice about how much information you want to put up on your Facebook or Twitter or any of those other social medias that you have. I remember my mom once telling me, she's like, oh, Facebook is so great. You can share so much information out there. And I told her, I'm like, yeah, mom, it's great. But, you know, if you share a little too much information, people will know a little too much about you you know for example i see that a lot of people post like on june 3rd i am going to for a vacation to mexico or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be and you know i think that's it's great that you want to share that with your family but at the same time it, it can lead to to other things as well I mean, it's also, though, we were the first generation to kind of be put on this new type of media, and we were the test subjects. And so it really didn't feel so uncomfortable to put stuff on there at first because it was kind of closed off to just this small community of college-aged people. Right. Yeah, I think it does end up showing that sometimes the social media, you can have a false sense of security sometimes Mm -hmm. because you think, oh, I'm just allowing my friends to see uh, what's going on in my life. But depending on your security settings, and that's what I think this big thing is now Facebook is implementing how much information you can actually share with the general public. And I think that's the biggest thing is that we have to be able to know what are we sharing, how are we sharing it, and with who, because 
you know, we don't want just any random Joe Schmo to be able to just search my name, Brett Shishkoff, and then be able to find out all this information that I put on my Facebook page. Maybe it's just they look at my page and it's a picture of me and my name, and that's all that they get. But, you know, sometimes what I wonder, too, is, sure, we have all these privacy settings. I personally try to configure them mm-hmm. often. But I do wonder, like, how private is it? I mean, I would assume that, you know, the people working at Facebook and hackers and, you know, whatnot, they can easily access, you know, any information, I I think, regardless of the privacy settings that we have. So it just brings up the question, are we really, you know, secure? Are we really as private? Is our stuff really as private as we think? And and not only that, but a lot of this was geared through, I think, a third-party app, which, you know, mm. anytime that you install something on your phone or download something new, you're not going to read the terms and conditions. No, I you right. sit no, I, I Listen to the don't. long legal contracts <laughs> that they put in front of you. But once, you know, you accept it and that shares a certain amount of information with them because most of them want to collect at least rudimentary data. So it's just kind of this weird middle ground. Like, what at what point do you just not trust anything or what point do you, you know, just not care? One thing, too, that's important is that um, if you have a disability like us with visual impairments, you have to actually go through all those settings. Do not depend on the Facebook mobile site, for example, to have everything because it does not. They had to cut stuff out for it to be mobile and for it to work. And you're eventually going to have to deal with the big site or maybe with the app if you're lucky. And even then, you might still have to deal with the big site. That is Jose Martinez, once again, our engineer. Um, Thank you for that feedback, and you'll probably hear him interject from time to time throughout the show. Um, Yeah, that was one thing I was actually going to touch on is just make sure there are there's so many settings that you do have to worry about for Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that was one of the things that they tried to simplify is not having it on like 14 different pages. There was so many different uh, like pages for privacy settings, and now they're trying to ease it. For everybody, where it's only on one page that you have to worry about these specific settings. So uh, I know that's one thing uh, Mark Zuckerberg is working on specifically is trying to make it as easy as possible for us to hopefully be as secure as possible on uh, on Facebook. I just wonder, do you guys feel like Facebook did have any type of say in the way you voted? Or do you know anybody that felt like Facebook did maybe manipulate the way that they they thought about things because I, I saw a lot like every single person on my Facebook f- feed they had their differing opinions and they had all these articles that they were posting and so I just wonder how much were we manipulated by what we saw on Facebook and social media specifically I think it's one of those things that maybe subconsciously at least for me because like you I saw uh, many of my friends posting different articles leaning towards one side and you know, at the time, I certainly wasn't thinking, oh, my friends are posting this. So, you know, I might decide to vote this way. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it was more of a subconscious thing, probably. Mm-hmm. I probably will never know. But um, the whole fact that Mark Zuckerberg had to testify in front of Congress about this, you know, it really makes you think if or how social media, you know, influenced, influenced the end outcome of the yeah, election. Yeah. Yep. I don't. I don't think I saw a lot of major influencing of people I knew or myself uh, through, you know, Facebook or any of the stories or anything like that. 
But I think in hindsight now, you know, going forward, people are obviously going to be much more wary about using the site. And a lot of people, I think they said almost 9% of their total users deleted their accounts, which is nothing for them because they, you know, there's millions and millions of users. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it's a breach of trust and it's something that people, you know, worry about every day. And I have to ask you guys, as people who have an added disability, is is this just another layer on a, on a issue that you have to deal with on a more day-to-day basis in terms of what you can trust and what you can't trust? Because every once in a while you do read stories about someone you know with a visual disability or who's in a wheelchair or some other form of disability getting scammed by someone or you know in some form or another, and it's, it's, it's terrible. And I don't know, is that something you guys worry about on the day-to-day? I don't know so much through Internet because of how much I try and – uh, protect myself uh, from just communications through the internet. Like a lot of the times with my friends, I will have conversations. So I would say like social media based, there was a time last year that all of a sudden I started getting on my phone alerts that someone in Russia was trying to hack my Facebook account. And they said that they're, um, that it would be a good idea to like change my uh, password and so that's what I ended up doing and so I end up using an app that kind of puts these passwords together for me and you can tell how many digits you want it to be um, if you need to add numbers any type of other symbols and so they automatically make them up for you and then they'll keep them tra- keep track of it in your phone and so I guess if somebody was able to unlock my phone they'd be able to find all those passwords but other than that for the most part, I feel like I'm pretty secure that I, I haven't been manipulated myself through the Internet. No, I haven't either. But that is certainly one of my worst fears. You know, going back, I try not to share a lot of private details like we were talking about earlier. For example, if um, someone at my house is going on vacation, I won't be like, oh, so-and-so is going on vacation, I will be alone this Mm -hmm. week. It's one of those things that I am concerned of. You know, I don't want people to know that I am at home alone because, as I mentioned before, as much as I like to trust people, not everyone has the best of intentions. So I don't post private things like that. Really what it comes down to, Sandy, you don't want to let people know your parents are anyone's on vacation because you don't want us to come over and party with you. That's it. I, That's I what it is, Brett. It you know, I don't, I don't. <laughs> um, but I want to have the house to myself. That's all. You want your private time. That's I understand. Right. We all need our alone time from time That's to time. That's right. Uh, I did also see something in Twitter that they actually implemented this new, like, you can't discriminate against people with disabilities. Like, if you start to have any type of language that looks like you're discriminating against, you can report it. I'm just wondering, Sandy, have you had anybody, like, discriminate against you or say anything vulgar towards you as your disability specifically? No, I haven't, Brett. But I do have to say that with me, I'm the type that will, in my personal circle of friends and family, I will post jokes, you know, about being blind Mm -hmm. or I can't think of a particular one at the moment, but, um, (laughs) you know... As Mike knows, I do have a um, interesting sense of humor sometimes, and you know my family—they—they're they, all sighted, and by this point, they know that I'm just joking. So sometimes they will joke back with me, you mm-hmm. know. Especially yeah. my—that they're one of my aunts. She's like 
always, you know, very funny and she'll joke back with me. But I know that it's all, it's all in fun. You right. know, I know that she's not doing it to be mean or anything because I'm the one that started it. But as far as discrimination, no. Do you guys feel like, from a personal standpoint, that it was it's better late than never that Twitter's doing this? Or is it kind of offensive that it took them so long to even get around to considering something like this? I, I personally think that the disability community kind of gets they're they they normally seem like they're the last ones to be remembered and yes. it, it it is kind of unfortunate but i also think that there are other types of discrimination that are happening on twitter all the time and and people report it and twitter doesn't do anything about it and other social medias are kind of the same so i think it's yeah it's great you implement this as a new terms of twitter or whatever you wherever you put it in but if you're not actually enforcing it then what good is it you're just saying it just to get some positive publicity so i think it really comes down to you have to be able to enforce it as well and that that's the one thing I think most of us are probably most concerned about is are they going to enforce it if somebody reports it or how is that implemented? Is it a warning first and then if it happens again, then that person is booted from uh, Twitter for a certain amount of time or for good. So it isn't really clear of what Twitter specifically would do other than if somebody gets a complaint, they'll look into it. And on the other hand, hypothetically, if it is enforced, I think it's a, it's it's an important feature to have because nowadays, unfortunately, there is so much bullying out there, and uh, especially in kids and young adults. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of cyber bullying going on, and people with disabilities. I believe we we are a, a vulnerable minority. You know, there are those people that are insensitive. And uh, make fun or say demeaning things about people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. So I, at, I can at least hope that it will at least help somewhat address the yeah. bullying issue. Was was bullying an issue that either of you had to deal with growing up? You know, I personally didn't. I mean, like like any kids, you know, we had fun. Uh, maybe occasionally. Some kids tease me about how I talked, you know, because I do have like a, a very small accent. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as teasing me about my blindness, I don't recall, you know, that ever happening to me. And I consider myself fortunate. I personally had a few cases where people would make fun of me. I I was bullied a little bit through grade school. I went to a, Catholic, a couple Catholic schools, so I ended up being kind of the odd man out and um, one instance was actually a teacher actually bullied me in my oh, first school that I went to. Um, I was having trouble getting my materials enlarged at the time I, I could see, but I, I have always been visually impaired and, and she decided that she felt it was too much work. And when I want, went to the principal, um, she actually stated that I should be going to a special school that I shouldn't be at this school because I'm asking for too much help. And realistically, all I needed to do, um, all the accommodations I needed was to be able to sit up front in class and then just have my materials enlarged. And they had a copier that was able to do it. But what happened was my my copies would come back too dark. And so at the time, I don't know if you guys remember the maps that you'd have to kind of like do a geography of like, okay, Main Street is here, which street is north of Main Street? Mm -hmm. And so you'd have to look at the map. But my map was pure dark. And so I was like, is there any way you can lighten this up? Because I can't see the map. And she said, no, you're just going to have to deal with it. 
And every time after that, when I would ask for her to redo something or recopy it, um, she would blow a whistle in my ear. Uh, And she would say, now that's every time you ask for something, I'm going to blow this whistle in your ear. And so. Wow. And this was a teacher? This was a teacher. Yeah. yeah, Second grade. Wow. Yeah. So ended up that was the straw that broke the camel's back that my mom decided to pull us out of that school. Me and my brother um, and sister, I believe. My sister wasn't in school at the time. Yeah. It was just me and my younger brother. We went to a different school. um, And then I ended up having trouble with the kids at the next school. And so. Uh, because I transferred from school to school, it was pretty rough. Uh, the kids themselves, once they saw me as the outsider, I wasn't there all the way from kindergarten, um, and I needed these larger print books. Um, they kind of saw it as a weakness, and so they'd either, like, slap my books out of my hands or they'd take my books and, like, hide them on me. Um, so, yeah, it ended up just being um, a pretty frustrating time going through grade school and then I went to a public high school and everything was fine. I never got bullied all through uh, high school. And so uh, it was interesting just to go from a Catholic school where you have religion class and you're taught to treat people the way you want to be treated, love your neighbor, that type of thing. And and then I go to a public school where there really isn't any type of religion class or anything like that. And so it was just two totally different um, just things that I had to deal with, it, it was such an easier uh, life for me in high school than it was during grade school and not being bullied. So I do know what bullying feels like, and it's not great. And so I'd imagine online when these kids are getting bullied, I haven't had to anything like that since I've been an adult, but I, I know how it felt as a kid. One thing I'd noticed, too, if I may, um, sure. blind people... <laughs> I've seen this in life, but also in the educational system. It seems as though there's there seem to be very few that have a balanced amount of support and encouragement to be independent. It's either you're too supported, like you're too sheltered in the school system, mm-hmm. just like in life. Some There's some blind people that are just too sheltered like that. Or there are some that have no support whatsoever mm-hmm. because of the school system and whatnot. And also, just in life, they either have no support, and so they get ostracized by their family, by their schools. By... And so, one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of this trolling that I've seen from social networks reminds me of chatliners. It reminds me of the old party lines that you know started out in the 60s, and now they're still phone lines. And when you think about it, everybody's in the same playing field there, is that you can't actually see who you're talking to. Just like on a social media page, on a Twitter feed, whatever, you can't see who you're talking to. So I think that emboldens people to say things they normally wouldn't say. Right. Absolutely. And and you like to think as a society we've gotten more progressive because of that, you know, the incidents of what you talked about in second grade would have, were to happen today. That person certainly would have been reprimanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's, you know, it was a different, people like to say it was a different time back then, you know. But... You know, do you, do you feel like since then to now things have gotten better? Things are it's more. I think it's more upfront. I think we do now. I've just been surprised since I've gotten poet, uh, my guide dog, that a lot of people know not to pet him, and so I think just in general, I think the knowledge of how to handle certain situations with the blind or people with disabilities. I think it's becoming more mainstream, but we still have a long way to go. But I do feel like it has changed a bit from 
just even maybe five, ten years ago. Yeah, no, I I would agree. I think that especially with us living here, you know, in the city of Chicago or in the suburbs, there are we, we are in a bigger city, so therefore there are more people with disabilities, not just blindness. But I think it's also that people do have more of an exposure to people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. So maybe, at least in my opinion, that is part of why some people are more aware of the different, like in your case, not petting poet. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think we don't realize that at least the statistic is one in five people actually have some type of disability. And so when you think about it, if there's one in five people that have a disability, we probably know someone who's disabled in some way or another. Now, what that disability is, that differs from, you know, hearing impaired to visually impaired, um, person on an autism spectrum, whatever that disability is, we don't really know. But it is a, a high amount of people that I think that that's probably, now that we have so much research into all these different types of disabilities um, and how to handle certain situations, I think we're getting a little bit more, I guess, understanding on certain situations and hopefully that bullying of people with disabilities will decline. But as of like other countries, like when you look at how people are taken advantage of, say, I was reading an article this morning about the girl in India who ended up getting raped and mm. that they had a few other instances where this, these girls with disabilities had that same issue. And and then when they would bring it to their family's attention, they would ignore it because yeah. a lot of the times it's their families that are doing it to them. And that and so then when they would bring it to the public, the schools, it would be up to the schools or social workers to be able to report this. And then the actual police would ignore it. So I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, when we are being bullied or if we are having somebody take advantage of us, are the people around us listening? And I think now, you know, even with the Me Too, Me Too movement, this is kind of perking our ears up a little bit more to these types of bullying, taking advantage of women, minorities, people with disabilities, whatever it ends up being, we are definitely taking it to heart now instead of just like, oh, well, I don't know. That person doesn't sound like they would do something like that. Now we actually are doing more investigating in, in what is what. You know, coming from a place where I didn't have a lot of contact with the blind community mm-hmm. until I got here, obviously I had a lot to learn. Special, starting with me, right, Mike? That's right. Sandy was always, was always giving me a hard time. She was always, you know, bullying me at work. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it was that's Sandy for blind bullying decided. That's what it is. <laughs> but you know, there's a lot you do you don't realize, and a lot that you do learn when your firsthand experience, Absolutely. you know, means a lot. Obviously, and mm-hmm. there are things that I didn't know, you know, how to tackle first uh, working in close proximity with the blind and visually impaired that I've obviously learned. I mean, the basics are there. Like, you know, I'm not gonna. Pet your guide dog while it's working. But then even if I'm just walking down the hallway and someone's coming at me and they're tapping their cane left and right, at first I would generally just jump out of the way, <laughs> not really say I was there. Yep. Do you feel like there's a lot of instances when just in you know, everyday society people do do weird things to you because they don't know the etiquette behind it? Constantly. Oh, very much so. Like I just know just me taking public transportation as much as I do, I'll have people – 
like Poe, it might take me a roundabout way to go to the place I want to go and someone will like try and grab me by the arm. No, it's this way. And I'll be like, no, please, he's working. I'm trying to get around this. Let him figure it out. And and so a lot of people, they have that tendency just to want to like grab and take you the direction they're going without even asking. And a lot of the times, if you just ask me or anybody with a disability if they need help, they'll let you know if they need a hand or not. If I'm turned around and somebody asks, you know, hey, can I help you find what you're looking for? I love that. That's I, I love that people ask, but when people are just assuming that they can take me where they where they're going, I might not be going in that direction. I might just be turned around. So just give me the opportunity to say yes or no. That's the big thing for me. I noticed that people tend to um, have problems giving simple directions, yeah. even when I'm pointing it out to them. I was at a was at Target, and there were cars in the way, and I thought. Oh, great. Somebody's here. They're going to try and help. I wasn't in the mood, obviously. I was not in the mood to have to deal with, you know, somebody who didn't know it. So I, I was right there. I saw him there. I heard him there, whatever. And I was like, left or right. Mm-hmm. I said it like that, you know, just clearly. And I think because of how I was holding things, my arms were kind of up and probably in this posture that was just like, don't touch me. <laughs> Maybe that's what it signified to, to her. I kept repeating it, left or right, and she finally got the message. It was like, yeah, people sometimes have trouble with that. They don't know how to react when you just give them simple directions. And I find that pointing the directions that you're talking about helps them. Well, yeah, because most people actually, that's how they direct people is mm-hmm. that by pointing. So a lot of times if I'm on the bus and I'm trying to figure out, you know, is it on the northeast corner? I'll just point to the corner. Is it on that corner diagonal to me to my left is where I'm pointing now. Um, and the bus driver will look and they'll like follow my finger and be like, yeah, that if that's the place you're looking for McDonald's or whatever it is, yes, that's exactly where you need to go. So you need to just cross the street and then you would take a left cross the, uh, cross Damon or whatever it ends up being. And then you'll be at the McDonald's parking lot. So that is the big thing is like when I am trying to find directions from people, a lot of times they, will give me the wrong directions or they'll say over there and I don't know where over there is because they're probably pointing over there and I'm not entirely sure what that is. So, yeah, if you can help them in communicating the way that they communicate, you might make your life a little bit easier as well. That's what I've learned just knowing how people normally give give directions. They point a lot instead of left, right or east, west, north, south. Another thing about asking for and accepting help is I you know sometimes that I wish that people would not get offended when I kindly thank them and tell them that I don't need the help. Sometimes they will someone will come up to me asking if I need help and you know I most likely I, I know where I'm going, I know where I'm heading and I will tell them like, "Oh no, thanks. I'm I'm fine. Thank you for asking." But I've had a few instances where people, for whatever reason, might get offended or a little annoyed when I refuse their assistance. Mm -hmm. So, at least for me, that's something that I wish people understood. I understand that, you know, no pun intended. I understand and appreciate that they want to be helpful, but at the same time, they should also um, understand that, you know, I might not always need their assistance. Yeah, I think one of the things that I kind of remember is 
I had a situation where I was on an L platform and I was kind of learning the route on a train and my mobility instructor, she was with me and I'm walking to try and like find my place on this platform on Fullerton. You know, you can transfer from the Brown line to the red line. So I was just walking across the platform and I get to with my cane, I'm tapping. This is before I had poet. And all of a sudden I hear to my right, a gentleman just starts yelling out, don't do it. Don't do it. You have a lot to live for. (laughs) And I myself am blind. And I don't know why he felt like he had to yell this out. Like all blind people are just looking for a train to jump in front of to kill ourselves. But that wasn't the case. Like I honestly was just trying to find the end of the platform. So I knew how far away I was. Um, and I was just looking for the rumble indicator. You know, they have mm-hmm. these rumble indicators at the end of the platforms for you to know that you're com- getting close to the edge. So that's what I was looking for. And before I could even get there, I just this guy just starts yelling at me. And then he, he, kinda, he comes up and he kind of grabs me around the shoulder. And he's like, man, I bet you're a really nice guy. You Just take your medication. You don't have to kill yourself. And I'm like, I'm fine. I don't take any medications that you think I'm taking. I'm okay. And he just keeps repeating over and over again. So it takes about maybe two or three minutes for me to finally get this guy to just walk away. And I find out from my mobility instructor after the fact that there was a police officer literally standing to his left the entire time, like two feet away. And he did not do anything at all. And so I just felt that this was kind of an interesting situation where I had my mobility instructor standing back, which she's supposed to kind of see how I handle certain situations. If I needed help, I could have asked for it. But like a police officer, you would think, you know, okay, this drunk guy is grabbing a hold of a blind guy. Maybe I should step in. And that wasn't the case. And so you get these really weird interactions when you're out and about. Obviously, like people thinking they're helping you, but... In this case, this guy was just being overly obnoxious and and not helpful at all. I got a question for you, Sandy. Uh, So usually people give us harder times just with with disabilities, people with disabilities in general. And they have what I call the Titanic effect. You know, when, 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 what's her name? Kate Winslet was just panicking and asking for help. And they're just like, yes, yes, ma'am, I know. Yes, this way, please. They just ignored her, please. That tends to happen. I've noticed that it was my experience. It happens sometimes with certain people. How, as a woman, how does that affect you? Because I imagine before, you know, before being a woman, you also have a visual impairment. So it's probably twice as hard because you are a woman and the attitudes that society has towards women and how women should be treated and whatnot. How does that affect you? Oh, absolutely. I think especially... I think especially at nighttime, it seems like I'm a little more um, cautious about things like that. As you mentioned, I am a woman. I am a woman with a disability. So I've, I don't know. I think it's just my nature that, you know, I try to give everyone a chance. I am trusting, but at the same time, you know, I do try to be careful. Like if I sense maybe that someone doesn't have the best of intentions, I might, um, you know, be a little hesitant. If if they do offer me assistance, I might be a little hesitant. I know that, for example, in college, <laughs> there was once, it was very snowy. Um, I was trying to cross the street and I couldn't find the curb because it was covered in snow. And this group of 
gentleman came up to me, and they, they were passing by, rather, and I kept asking, I'm like, um, excuse me, would someone please be able to help me, uh, let me know where the curb is so that I can cross the street, and one of them came up to me and, and grabbed me, really, and he's like, here, I'll help you, and I didn't notice until he spoke that he was a little drunk. So I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, gosh, what did I get myself into? Am I going to make it home safe? You know, will I be okay? Hopefully this guy, he won't let me fall, slip and fall on the ice. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something that as a blind woman, you know, I do worry about more. I mean, that's a, a lot to unpack. Obviously, we've we've talked, we've covered a lot of material today. I mean... It's a crazy world out there, and weird things are happening left and right. And whether you're sighted or visually impaired or blind, there's a lot of tricky things to navigate and a lot of tough decisions and tough uh, news to take. It's a, it's It's been a weird time so far in 2018, but, uh, you know, we're working through it together, and hopefully society comes out uh, positive on the other side. I just want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to thank Brett and Sandy for being with us. And thank you for listening to The Unseen Show.